Good morning, Heartland. Please turn in your Bibles to Matthew, the 17th chapter. Matthew, chapter 17, verses 14 through 21 will be our scripture reading this morning. When they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into fire or into water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. You unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied. How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of the boy and he was healed at that moment. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, because you have so little faith. I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Bow your head with me, please. God, this morning, your word has been read in this place. May by your spirit it fall in our heart and may by your spirit it be used to encourage first we who are in this room and then beyond this room into our community, Lord. May we by your Holy Spirit have faith while being maybe as small as a mustard seed that we would remember the power in that seed. May your words be my words for these next few minutes. And may our hearts be open to hear what it is you want us to hear. Father, we love you and thank you for being here with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. You know, again, I want to circle around to a week that's been filled with ups and downs. A week that's been filled with newsreel after newsreel about things that are really, really difficult about our culture and about our world. Things that call for faithful people. Times that call for a deep and long-lasting faith. And this week, as I heard the story coming out of Dallas, I'm continually reminded of those even within our own family, within our own room here this morning, who send loved ones off every day to serve, to protect us. We often talk about our soldiers who fight overseas. But I want us to be mindful this morning of our first responders, of our law enforcement officers who are out every day trying to keep our communities safe. I want us to be mindful in prayer for not just those officers and those people, but their families who send off their loved ones each and every day. Daily, church, I pray that we as a congregation will rally around these people that we love who are in our presence and pray for them, pray with them. Be an encouragement to them. Be a moment or a source of strengthening their faith. You know, one thing's for certain about our life, and it, it's, it's, a, it's an ongoing theme, is that life flows in and out of difficult times. Life flows in and out of situations that we can't control. Unfortunately, we don't have control of every moment 
in time. You know, if you drive in this city very long and you and at times you you will almost get ran over. And oftentimes when you do, you look over at the car that just about ran over you and someone's driving down the road texting. Don't do that. Looking at you young people. Maybe look at some of you older people. Don't do that. But you realize in that moment that you don't have control over everything that's going on around you. And that's when we need to be faithful. I want you to watch this clip of a little boy whose father is away at war. In the movie, The Little Boy, this little boy is searching and looking for any means of hope of getting his father home alive from battle in World War II. With the little stone. That's what we need, my friends, in these difficult times. So, like Father Oliver used to ask, what can we do? What can we do for our relatives at war? What can we do if we are here and they are there? And the answer is, if we have faith the size of a mustard seed, we can move a mountain. If we can move a mountain, then nothing will be impossible for us, not even ending this war and having our loved ones back. I already knew someone who could move a mountain. I wondered if the source of his powers was a mustard seed. This was a source of unlimited powers. If you notice in the clip, what's the boy's attention on at first in the assembly of his church? He's thinking about his dad. And it wasn't until the minister brought up this this ideal of hope found in this mustard seed that he became very attentive, didn't he? And the minister began to talk about faith and how faith could make a difference in this in this thing that seemed totally uh, unreasonable for him to overcome. You know, how does a little boy in this vast world make a difference when the world is at war? And these are difficult questions for us. And I, I would say to all of us that I think we all find ourselves in that in that in that place. And what Jesus does for us here in the Gospel of Matthew is he uses the illustration of a of a mustard seed a couple of different ways. And I want to share that this morning and see what we can kind of take from it and apply. You know, life and its happenings create a mountain of issues between the believer and their joy. You know, that that old saying that stuff happens, right? Well, that stuff that happens often steals our joy as believers. And God uses this faith illustration in Matthew 17 to talk about how communally we can make a difference and how our faith can address some of that difference. Here's the question that's presented in Matthew 17. And it's presented by the 
the disciples, they say, why couldn't we drive out the demon? Right. I mean, up to this point, they've seen some miraculous things. They've even done some miraculous things in the realm and with their relationship with Jesus. But for whatever reason, this demon's not reacting to the power that they have. And what does Jesus say the problem is? It's a faith problem. It's a faith problem. Now, church, this is what I think Jesus is trying to say is when the church is faithful, it can command mountains and move them. And I truly, truly believe that. But we're living in an age where I also believe our faith is diminishing in what God can do. And we're trying to wrap our arms around what the world can do. If you look at a lot of faith based Faith uh, professing peoples and groups of people, they're trying to they're trying harder to assimilate to our culture than they are being faithful within our culture. And I think we have to be careful about that. The little boy didn't see any hope in the world he was living in. He was looking for hope. He was looking for a sign of hope. And that was brought to him in the message From God's word, you know, we are an image of God through his spirit at work, but with his power. Not our power. His power. I love this church and I praise God every day for the way it allows God's power to work through it. And I mean that sincerely. When you look at this congregation and I'll call it this little old congregation. But when you look at this congregation and some of the things it has accomplished in, 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 in time, I mean, the accomplishment of holding on to, to help apartments that help the homeless. And time and time again, over a stretch of two or three years that we've been involved in, in, in Hillcrest, one of our local organizations, how many homeless people we've helped get off the streets and back into their own personal living, taking care of themselves. And it's not by our power, it's by the power of God. When you look at that list of people that's come together to make that happen, that is awesome. The idea of children in a impoverished third world country being educated and going on from just elementary education, which if, if, if they were lucky, they would have had. Ten years ago to now we had our first group of young students move into the university level in El Salvador and they're attending the university. That's not our power. That's God's power. That's not being led by all by just, you know, high level educators and different things. There's some there's some tent makers and some fishermen that are involved in that work. That's God's power. And it's by God's power that a little old church like this does those things. It's by mustard seed faith growing bigger that God can accomplish these things. I'm so proud of this congregation for that. And I hope you are, too. I hope you're proud to be part of a congregation like that. I hope you feel blessed. You know, faith seems really small until you need it. And what I mean by that is. When it's easy to say, well, I believe in something I can't see. I don't know how Jesus was was uh, raised from the dead. I don't I don't know. I just know that he exists. And that's pretty small. And that's a that's an easy profession to make. I want to ask you a question, though. Is it such an easy profession to make 
when you're stricken with illness. When you have a loss in your family. When Satan turns up the temperature in your life and you're looking around, is it so easy then to have that deep, that deep committed faith that will get you through? Because that's when the mustard seed is being challenged to grow. That's when the mustard seed. And and here's what I want you to understand. Even as a mustard seed, as small as a mustard seed, that faith is strong enough to get you through. But you've got to truly believe it. Church, we live in a world right now where we need some mustard seed kind of faith. Because you are going to wake up every morning and you're going to hear of things that are going on that you can't control. And the only thing you can have in that moment is that mustard seed, that faith. Yesterday, perfect, perfect example. Yesterday, we're out at the K, we're out at Kaufman. And, you know, I just got done. I know I just got done yelling at the pitcher who gave up a three run home run to tie the score. And I was like, dude, you have one job, one job. You you come out and throw 10 pitches and you blow it. And I mean, I'm just giving this guy the business. And my phone goes. It starts vibrating. And I look at my phone and it's a text from the elders. Like, that's not bad enough. And I read the text and it says, Mandy's made the announcement on Facebook. She'll have a mastectomy Monday morning. Please be with her in prayer. And we were working out who's going to be there and how we're going to be there. And I got to tell you, my faith in that moment hit me. My faith in that moment hit me, and I realized baseball's of little importance. You know, Mandy and Rodney were one of the families that met us here when we moved here, who welcomed us into their home, who fed us. And that is such a small, small thing. And in that moment, your faith has to really connect with God. It has to connect with something deeper than just a profession that I believe And it just so happens that God being God, we were at Faith and Family Day. So afterward, Casting Crowns was in concert. And as they sang and played, I will praise Him in this storm. I was praising Him in that storm. I was mindful of all these different emotions this week. Our loved ones in this congregation that send their, their husbands and wives off to work every day and jobs that they might not come home. And and a woman like Mandy Wilkins, who I know loves the Lord and has given her life in so many ways to God, who finds out that she has a terrible illness that she's going to have to fight and battle. You know, life's not fair and life will throw us those curveballs every day. And it's in those days that we have to have faith. And that faith begins the size of a mustard seed, but that it is intended to grow. I want you to look at this. This quote from Elizabeth Gilbert. Uh, Elizabeth is the author of Eat. Pray and love. And she writes this. There's a reason we refer to leaps of faith. Because the decision to consent to any notion of divinity is a mighty jump from the rational over to the unknowable. And I don't care how diligently scholars of every religion 
will try to sit you down with their stacks of books and prove to you through Scripture that their faith is indeed rational. It isn't. If faith were rational, it wouldn't be by definition faith. Faith is walking face first, full speed into the dark. If we truly knew all the answers in advance as to the meaning of life and the nature of God and the destiny of our souls, our belief would not be a leap of faith. It would be a courageous act of humanity. It would not be a courageous act of humanity. It would just be a prudent insurance policy. I was sharing with uh, someone this week and they were talking about life and the life of of children and people they love being in just total darkness. Total darkness. And I said, there's a there's a there's a, a, a gleam of hope there. And they said, well, what's that? And I said, well, have you ever been in total darkness? And, you know, we talked about what total darkness was and in total darkness. I mean, you can put your hand this close to your face and you can't see your hand. But there is one thing that you can see in total darkness. And that's any glimmer of light. You follow me? I remember being in a cave one time and they shut all the lights off and it's pitch black and dark. And the guy struck a match and it lit that cave for feet around us. Just one little match. This family taught their loved ones the light of Jesus. And our prayer and our hope and our faith is that in that total darkness, that little glimmer of light will show itself. And they'll walk to it. This is a mustard seed kind of faith. But it's real. You know, in Matthew 13, verses 31 and 32, Jesus uses the mustard seed illustration a second way, and that's more individually. The first one is more faith in general as a community. The second one is more individual. He told them another parable starting in verse 31. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows is the largest of the garden plants and becomes a tree that the birds come and perch in its branches. A second thing that I want us to understand about this mustard seed kind of faith is it's a faith that is intended to grow. God intends for our faith to grow. It's not to just be planted as that smallest seed and understood that's where it's, where, it, where it starts and it begins and ends. It's meant to grow. This illustration shows you look at the seed between the thumb and forefinger and what it grows into as a tree. It's hard to believe, isn't it? And your faith is meant to grow stronger daily. And this is what I believe about faith growth. Faith growth happens relationally. Faith growth happens when you have a good relationship with God and a deepening relationship with God. And faith growth happens when you have a relationship with one another, the people around you. We're going to talk in the months to come about small groups. And today in this room, we have a loved one with us from Indiana. She was sharing a testimony with me yesterday. You see, her late husband was one of my best friends in the world. I went to Indiana 
uh, several months back to officiate David, her husband's funeral. David died of cancer. Well, he didn't die of cancer. He beat cancer. But he died of pneumonia from complications. And she told me this, and I think this is so important. Church of Christ, I want us to hear this. They were affiliated with the church. And in David's sickness, the church really had a difficult time rallying around them and kind of loving them in that moment. But they were part, at the same time, his illness caused them to be a part of another church that they were put into a small group. And that small group of people ministered to them, to Shelley and to her girls through that storm. And today she's connected more deeply with God. She's one of the most spiritual women I've seen to be able to weather and endure what she's been through. And a big part of that, her testimony yesterday, was that small group of people that loved her through it. Our relationship, our faith grows in our relationship with God and our relationship with others. And the best illustration I know in Scripture, I'm going to give it a whirl here. The teenagers don't let the secret out. You've kind of heard this at camp, but I, I, it's such a good one. i got to use it. Back in January and February, I had the blessing of officiating the wedding of Eric and Rachel Gibney. And they invited me to Tucson to be a part of that wedding and to do that. And the first thing I noticed about Tucson is about an hour south of Tucson is Tombstone. And so Jeanette and I had a free day and we were going to go down to Tombstone. And if you'll throw up the next slide, I, I, what I was really intending to do, because it's my favorite movie and Western story, is I wanted to see the gunfight at the OK Corral. I mean, that's all I wanted to do. They have a reenactment that they do twice a day. And so I really wanted to see this gunfight. And I thought, man, this is going to be awesome. The Earps are going to be on one end of the street and the bad guys on the other. And I'm going to be in the middle and I'm going to watch the gunfight and bullets are going to be flying. It's going to be so cool. It'll be the coolest man's day ever. Well, we got off the plane and we got in a rental car. I mean, I made her go. I made my wife go because even after getting off the plane, we didn't even put our luggage away. We just got in the car. We were going. We got caught in traffic. We missed the high noon gunfight at the OK Corral. And so I said, all right, well, we're going to go on into town to have a three o'clock gunfight, a three o'clock gunfight. As we're driving into town, my wife sees this picture. World's largest rosebush. Where do you think I ended up? I ended up at the world's largest rosebush museum. And I said, all right, all right, here's the deal. Three o'clock gunfight. Three o'clock gunfight, you got 15 minutes to go see this rose bush. And then they charged me $25 to get in. I said, baby, take all day. You take all the time you need. Read every sign. You know, this, just make sure we get our money's worth now at this point. I'm thinking, all right, I'll hear the gunshots across town. It's just a couple blocks away. But God spoke to me differently in this day. Because let me tell you about the rose bush. You remember... Verses in John 15, I'm the vine. This rose bush is, show the next slide, 8,000 square feet on an arbor. It covers 8,000 square feet. When it blooms, 375 beautiful white 
blooms. All from a starting plan that was about that tall. But when God took it and He planted it in the right place, in the right nurturing, at the right time, it grew to be the world's largest rose bush. Now, how many of you would have thought that the world's largest rose bush would be south of Tucson, Arizona? Me neither. And God ruined my gunfight. But He gave me a wonderful message that's found in Scripture. If you'll please turn to John 15, 1 through 4. Jesus says this in the Gospel. I'm the true vine and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. And while every branch that does bear fruit, He prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into fire and burned. If you remain in me and my word remains in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. A mustard seed kind of faith is a faith that grows into something powerful and connected. And here's my closing thought this morning. Take a couple minutes here. Mustard seed kind of faith begins and grows with a strong connection to God's power. Not the power of what's available to us out in our world. Not the power that we can muster up on our own. That we can somehow, you know, develop in our own heart and mind. But it's truly connected to God's power. It's faith in believing that there is a God and it ain't you. Nor is it anyone else other than God the Creator. The second thing is that a mustard seed growing faith is connected to God's people. The idea that you can somehow be deeply connected and rooted to God, but not be a part of His family and not be connected with a group of Christians somewhere is absurd. It's absurd and it doesn't work well. There comes moments and times where we need one another here on earth. Because what the earth has to offer is going to be really messed up. And we need that for our faith to be strong. And the third is that a mustard seed growing faith, a mustard seed kind of faith is connected to God's purpose. God has a purpose that His kingdom on earth grow. And when we connect our faith to that purpose... The kingdom takes off and it grows in in what we would call miraculous ways. It's when we aren't connected to God's purpose and we're trying to somehow make it our own that we goof it up and we mess it up. And there's stories in the Old Testament of time and time again where God's people, they had faith in God, but they weren't connected to His purpose. 
I'm so, again, blessed to be a part of a congregation so connected to God's purpose, to God Himself, and I believe committed to one another. I still believe in, in so many ways that the congregation here at Heartland is in that mustard seed phase. It's been planted and it's growing. And it, but, but how will it grow? Time will tell. Time will tell. But if we're faithful and we're connected to God in the right way with His power and His purpose, it'll grow into a mighty tree filled with branches that will bear all kinds of fruit. Church, that's God's will for us. And I prayfully, I hope we prayerfully work that direction with each other. We're going to stand and sing. Uh, there is plenty in this congregation to pray about right now with Mandy's situation. Um, but please do remain mindful of our men and women who serve and do these jobs that um, right now, you know, there's a lot of folks that have opinions and it's scary for some of those people. Let's make sure we rally around those families and pray for them. Thank you. Let's stand and sing together.